Our story started when one war ended and another began. The day World War II ended, my grandmother, Oma, was one of the first in the village to emerge from the underground cellar and step out into the still and desolate landscape of rural Schwaneberg. At 40 years old, her belly swollen with her seventh child, she hoisted open the heavy wooden door and climbed up onto the dry, dusty landing as her children followed, squinting as their eyes met the daylight. Other village women and children emerged from the cellars of their own homes, wandering about and awakening to what promised to be a new day in Germany. With no able-bodied men around to assist her, Oma directed her children to help her pull up the bedding from down below, where they had lived during the last two months of the war, and move it all back upstairs into the living space of the family's wing of the schoolhouse. There would be no more overhead allied bombing runs en route to their targets in the nearby industrial city of Magdeburg. Germany had been defeated, Europe had been liberated, and the skies were finally quiet. It didn't take long for the village women to meet one another over picket fences, to speculate when their husbands and sons would return. They wondered about what lay ahead for Germany, and most important to them, what was in store for their village of some 900 inhabitants. Oma saw no use in dwelling on worry, and set herself instead to getting her house back in order. Though school had been closed for months, she insisted her children return to their studies and get back to their chores, cleaning out the schoolhouse and scrubbing down the desks to prepare for a new school year. With food stocks all but used up and the ground fallow, the once green potato beds emptied and parched to hard cracked dirt, she directed the younger children to gather dandelion and nettle greens in the meadows and comb the berry bushes for any remaining fruit, while the older children helped her prepare the soil for all the planting they had missed that spring. When most of the men had still not returned after several weeks, a pall descended on the village. After only a few men came back, Oma began to wonder when, or even if, her husband and son were ever coming home. Opa, my grandfather, a 45-year-old schoolteacher and headmaster, and their oldest son, Kroland, not even 18 years old, had been pressed into service in the waning days of the war, when the Third Reich had ordered that every last able-bodied male over the age of 15 join in the fight to the end for Germany. As the women waited for their men to return from the front, they became alarmed when stories seeped into the village that as the Soviets were making their way onto German soil, they were raping and killing German women. Word spread quickly that Stalin openly encouraged rape and pillage as the spoils of war, a reward for Red Army soldiers for their sacrifices and the struggles they had endured against the German army, the Wehrmacht. Refugees passing through Schwanenberg on their way to the west confirmed the reports, recounting their own harrowing stories of savage assaults, or telling of others murdered after a rape or when they fought their attackers. One family told a horrific story of their teenage daughter who was raped, then shot dead in broad daylight. Women throughout Germany now feared for their lives. In Schwanenberg, they hoped that their men would return home in time to protect them should the Soviets enter their village. Oma became especially concerned for her oldest daughter, a pretty, wide-eyed, raven-haired 17-year-old, my mother, Hannah.
By spring, American, British, and Soviet units were rolling into cities, towns, and villages throughout Germany to establish command and order. Oma, like most of the women in Schwanenberg, believing Hitler's denigration that the Russians were a barbaric lot, prayed the Americans or British would take their village. The American commander, General Dwight D. Eisenhower, some noted, even had a German name, which bolstered their hope that the Americans were more like them than the Russians were. Then, one quiet afternoon in mid-May, their wait came to an end. Everyone in the house, and even the neighbors, heard little Kai shriek from the loft upstairs. Her round, pregnant form slowing her, Oma made her way up the staircase of the east wing of the schoolhouse, as her other children, Mani, Clemens, Tilly, and Hannah, bound past her.